Welcome to the Human Reboot with me, Emma Last. We have uplifting, inspiring, and diverse reboot stories from people sharing the courageous, honest, authentic, and sometimes difficult life lessons. The Human Reboot will provide proven mentally flourishing formulas and practical tips to help you to live life to the full, giving you direction and hope. Make your mental fitness and well-being a daily priority. Learn to pause so that you can get clear and perform at your best. Switch off to switch on. It's time for your Human Reboot. Today on the Human Reboot podcast, I have with me Vicky Jakes. Vicky is an online marketing and website optimization consultant helping small businesses sell more stuff via their websites. Using her 20 years of experience leading teams of developers, designers, copywriters, and user experience specialists and testers for global clients, she knows her way around a website. So she has a huge passion for getting us all to want to take care of our websites and not be ashamed to send traffic to it or forget to share the URL when asked to. So welcome, Vicky. Thanks, Emma. Thanks for having me. Well, I can't wait for this. I've known Vicky probably for a couple of years now, and we met uh, in a group, I think, in 2019 where we were focusing very much on our missions. So tell us a bit more about your mission. Yeah, sure. Uh, I didn't know I had a mission until a couple of years ago, but I, I genuinely have a passion for getting business owners to care about their tech. My, my background is in a corporate agency career. I've worked with some of the biggest companies in the world, big kind of pharma, FMCG, finance, fintech, you know, you name it. But in all those years, I always like held a little torch, a little candle in the back of my, my brain for the small business owner because they couldn't afford to like work with the likes of us. And so uh, when I did go out on my own and set up my business back in 2018, so just over three years ago, I knew I specifically wanted to work with small business owners. And I knew that I wanted to bring all of this agency level you know, marketing and kind of tech work that I'd done to those people specifically, because <laughs> I could have I could have carried on in the corporate world and earned quite quite good money, but going out on your own and deciding to work with small business, like that isn't like a path to riches immediately at all, but it's, it's because I had a mission, like a true mission. And that mission was just born out of being around a lot of arrogant people in the agency and corporate world who just thought small businesses don't get it. Normal people don't understand what we do, but that's just absolute lies, right? Because if you give people a chance, they can and will care about their own tech. They can and will care about their own websites and they definitely can care about driving traffic to their websites as well. Well, I care about that. Yeah, that's also a huge reason why I've been in your world as well. So I've been part of Vicky's membership since... I think it was about January 2020. Oh so my God, Emma, you're like a founding member. Yeah, like, I'm like, I'm like, don't really... play it down. I love having you around. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, I had outsourced my website prior to that. And then I wanted some changes doing on it. And then it just wasn't kind of what I wanted. And I just said, please, can you just have a look at this website? Because it's just really not what I want. And just tell me whether it's me being really picky. And she looked at it and she was like, no, I can show you. 
what you need to do. And actually, I think you helped me, didn't you, quite a lot in that beginning bit. And then, yeah, because you, your website was like a really good example of a small business owner who's savvy. You just want to get on and do the thing to earn money for your business, right? But you were being held back by, you know, the people who were creating that website for you, like not them not getting back to you or, you know, talking down to you or, you know, saying, well, you can wait seven weeks to do one small change. And it's that sort of culture of dealing with small businesses that, you know, I, f- I really feel like I need to highlight and kind of change. And it definitely is what gets me out of bed every day is just helping small business owners like you, like, well, not so small anymore, but like be able to get on and run your business, you know, and not not be one of these people who's like, oh, I hate tech. I'm technophobic. Like you love it and you you understand it and you can have proper conversations with the people you then end up delegating or outsourcing to which is you know where you're at now you know you can confidently like look at your website we were saying offline earlier and you could probably delegate in a better way this time around right yeah or just do it myself which I didn't think that I ever would want to do but you know like uploading podcasts and stuff like that yeah I can outsource that to to a VA but actually it's a two-minute job that for me so you know, once you know how to use it and don't, oh God, I was so frightened, wasn't I? I was just like, I can't do that. I'm frightened touching it. I'll break it. I'll lose That's it. That's an interesting word, right? Frightened is definitely like a word, like a key word that comes up a lot when talking to small business owners about their website, because we get cultured, especially women of a certain age, right? Because we're not necessarily like digital natives. We weren't born into digital, right? So it's definitely something that was introduced into at school time or college time or workplace time or whatever and we'd always have that guy or that woman but usually it was a guy saying you're going to break that don't break that you could break that and we're frightened of breaking our own websites we're frightened of breaking the tech this whole thing about people being oh I'm a bit technophobic it's like no it's just you've never had a safe space to investigate and play around and break stuff and know how to put it back online like when you ring up your developer and you're like oh my god my site's gone gone offline and you end up paying like 300 quid to get back online chances are they've pressed one button to do the thing that they're doing and you don't know about that button and it's my it's my mission to help people understand where that button is if you get what I'm talking about absolutely yes well thank you very much for your help she did have a hand in the human reboot movement website my pleasure so you're on the human reboot today yeah I'm really nervous about it (laughs) I never talk about me I only talk about the things I know so this is a first for me yeah I know (laughs) well on the human reboot we ask people to share their stories of when they've had reboots in their life and it could be some people feel that they've had one and some people feel like they may have had many so please could you share with us your reboot story yeah well I mean I've had a couple of, of reboots I think the the kind of first one which I won't go into detail about was getting to a point where I'd, I'd burnt out so much working in an agency environment I had to go and get therapy I ended up getting cognitive behavioral therapy to be able to understand like why I kept freaking out you've got to understand like in that world it was doing easily like 60 70 hour weeks multiple different jobs looking after client work helping build websites get them delivered on deadline man I was personally managing you know multiple teams as well and also sat on the um on the board of the company that I was working at and a senior director as well so you know it's just I'm doing client work and dealing with clients who were very 
uncommodating and not very understanding about deadlines being moved around. And I know I used to party really hard as well and go out clubbing and have a really good life before kids. You know, I don't regret those times. You know, now I've got kids and I feel like I'm a definitely straight laced in comparison. But, you know, it, it all kind of came together in my early 30s. And I, I kind of definitely like broke down kind of mentally for a little bit. I just couldn't work out what I wanted to do. And I ended up just staying in the same world and just getting, <laughs> getting therapy to help me understand like how to stay there. But it was one of the best things I ever did actually because I didn't I haven't really burnt out again since but I I actually ended up having a a kind of a bigger reboot a few years later in my career I went on to continue at that agency and then I had my first baby stayed there for a little bit longer but because we'd moved uh, from London down to Brighton uh, the commute was a was a bit too much I had a lovely nine months off I negotiated going back to the office four days, working from home one day, you know, like life was pretty good. It was okay, but I felt like I wanted to investigate seeing if there was something different out there. So I sort of parted ways with them after six, seven years. And it it felt like a real relief. I felt a little bit institutionalized being at that business so long, even though I could affect a lot of change culturally, it wasn't my business. Being away on maternity leave as well, it meant that I hadn't, like I felt out of the loop as many women do when they go back to the office and after that I never found my groove again in my career I went to work for a software company in Brighton which was fun you know but I wasn't as senior as I had been used to being for like six seven years you know I got promoted really young and you know and I'd learned an awful lot and then I kind of lost my gun and my badge if you like for a little bit so um (laughs) so which was fine you know I had a small baby and I just wanted to enjoy living by the seaside for a little bit and you know the the thing with that particular business it was like a, a software company employing lots of young people so you know I missed out on going out and having jollies, you know, with all the people I work with, you know, because I had to go and do parent duties. And so that sort of side of my life was like starting to kind of really like be put behind me as I focused on family. And I realized I loved, you know, the family bit. I really wanted that. And I would do anything to create like more time. And something switched definitely inside of me around that time. And I thought I might try and find another business that I can work at where I could be senior again and help them grow like I did with the first agency I mentioned and just do something really amazing again, you know, really, really help take them somewhere. And I started shopping around and kind of doing interviews. Didn't realize as I started shopping around that, that I was pregnant with my second daughter. And I went for an interview with a company I really wanted to work for. Like they were an e-commerce business, really similar to the first company I mentioned. So I thought there's so much opportunity here. And I had my career head on. I'm going to help grow the teams and I'm going to really affect change and bring in culture and all of these amazing things. Right. But, you know, I was pregnant and I had this decision to make, like, do I stay at my corporate job in the software company? And see out the next two years because I'd have a maternity leave and be pregnant at that job. I'd have a maternity leave and then I'd come back and maybe negotiate the same job that I had before. Maybe not. It's fast moving. The company was going to get bought at any point. You know, we didn't know when, you know, it was quite a, an attractive acquisition. So it just felt a little bit uncertain. But the other option was just leaving and going to get a job at this other agency and 
knowing that I wouldn't have a maternity leave right and for some reason for some reason I went down that path because what I wanted to do was shortcut the opportunity to do bigger things because as soon as I started to have kids the the amount of time that I had just became really obvious I didn't have time to mess around and see what I felt like in you know in a certain culture and whether this company would fit with my values or not and just give it a year you know like I used to do in the past you know I I really wanted to make a mark so I took a gamble and I said to the person interviewing me that I'm pregnant does that does that make any difference and I went for a negotiation and uh, you know they were able to offer me a really good role not great money though and again you know not compared to the heady heights of London but I, I say this as a really entitled, you know, like white person living in Brighton. Like I'm sure some people would have appreciated the salary. But again, I had like these big ambitions, Emma. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I thought it's okay. It's a start. It's a it's a startup vibe. I'll help grow it. And you know, I'd managed to negotiate like you know 12 weeks of maternity leave. I thought this would be fine, right? This will be fine. So what started was the beginnings of another burnout that didn't happen. It was a burnout that wasn't a burnout. Basically, I worked really hard. There I was doing 60 hour weeks. Mm-hmm. Whilst I was pregnant, yeah, as well. I didn't have any holiday. I worked right up until my due date because the baby was overdue and I, I just said I'd work right up to my due date and they took a they took full advantage of it and the things I hoped would be taken away from me and looked after for, for a few months didn't really happen until like you know the last week or whatever understandable it's a small business like there's some chaos there and things like that right you know I, ha- I have no bad feeling about that so I went into this mini maternity leave she was overdue for quite a bit. So, you know, kicking around for another 10 days after my due date until she came along. And then, you know, just tried to switch off for a bit. I thought I got really intensely switch off, but it was really unfortunate. It's like she was seven weeks old and she she managed to contract pneumonia. And it was it was so severe, actually, like the onset of it, that we got rushed to hospital and she was intubated in the emergency room. You know, and my husband had to be at home with my other daughter. And they just I'm sorry, I'm feeling I'm talking about it because it, it was it was quite traumatic, like watching, you know, a seven week year old like be intubated. And then um, she was transferred in an ambulance over to Southampton and I just sat by her side during my maternity leave until she recovered and it took 11 days for her to recover and when she opened her eyes after she'd had the tube taken out it was just magical like it was just absolutely magical it's just like welcome back you know and then I brought her back home finally we we just shut off from the world you know and it was just the four of us you know for two weeks two and a half weeks and then I had to go back to work had to go back to work and my husband you know was into the the really tricky phase of a new business so he was just sort of 18 months into his new kind of event production business I was the main breadwinner right so I had to go back to work and no one was happy about it no one was happy about it I was not happy about it he was not happy about it because he had to go and work as well and um, we had to get my mum to come and look after baby. All I all I did was sat there expressing milk so we could just give her milk, right? Because she was, you know, 11 weeks old when I went back to work. So I went back to work, a husk of a shell of a woman and clearly tired, right? Because that's what newborn babies do to you. And um, I got on with it, but I won't lie. 
grumpy, tired, post-pregnant woman being back in an office full of young, moody developers, because every developer is a bit moody. You know, (laughs) uh, I mean, I liked it. I liked the sitting there having a hot coffee and being away from people. But like, you know. Yeah, that part's nice. Yeah, for sure. But (laughs) I definitely was was grumpier and not so pleasant before and you know a little shorter and, le- and more impatient about things as the kind of like weeks went by you know when we started to prepare for, like my daughter to go to nursery started to just go through like negotiations and trying to get an understanding if I was going to stay at the business and if I was ever going to get paid more and what the opportunity would be and just you know just doing all those things that you do as a woman at the end of a maternity leave you know can we afford nursery how is our life going to change well I was doing that whilst I was at a job right I I just remember I was sat in a stock room that was behind the the main office where all the sort of developers work it's the only private place I could go and sit and express milk because I had to express milk in the office twice a day I was going to have to come back to the office more. I'd managed to negotiate working from home a couple of days a week, but that was going to end and I'd have to be back in the office pretty much every day. And it just sort of dawned on me as I was sort of sat there in the office and all I can hear is like this breast milk pump. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) there's no Wi-Fi. I can't, no 3G, no 4G. So I can't even look at my phone. Right. And I'm just like, what what have you done Vicky what have you done you, this decision that you'd made to come work at a company help them build it up like what were you thinking you could never help them like you could never have helped them it was just mad thinking that I could do that and have another baby it's different with, with the first one because you still got an element of freedom about your life but when you know when you've got two it's it's just totally different and you got three I can't imagine what that's like right I wouldn't know what just having one was, would I? (laughs) (laughs) Two just coming at once. Our life definitely changed. Right. And (laughs) so there I was pumping and thinking, and I'm like, this isn't what you're meant to do. You're not meant to work for someone else. You're not meant to not see your kids. You're not meant to try and negotiate more money to pay for a nursery. You're meant to see your kids more. This is the whole reason why you did what you did. This isn't you eight years ago after that initial burnout going, it's okay you know do a bit more yoga I'll take some time I started doing pilates I take some time out for myself I have more holidays you can't do that now and you can't do all the things and I had a real reboot moment a real 100% reboot moment in that room and I was just like I'm I'm gonna quit it came in my head I'm gonna quit I'm gonna set my own business up it's what it's what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna do this on my own and every single penny I make I'm gonna make for me and I'm gonna make for my daughters and I'm gonna see my kids more than anyone has ever been able to let me do whilst I was working for someone else right and that is what drove me out of that office hiding my milk under my jumper so I didn't make anyone feel uncomfortable right because I had to then take it take it home every day after it's like storing it in the fridge behind a thing so people didn't end up putting it in their tea or whatever right um (laughs) I got up it drove me out that that office you know leaving leaving another month later and there I was you know sat in a cafe the next day official unemployment day with my husband you know just sort of celebrating it but like when I went home after that moment and I said to him I'm gonna quit how do you feel because your business ain't great (laughs) I've only got a month's worth of savings he said to me like we will make it work 
like we will make it work and I just you know I, I knew we we could and like I won't lie like the first year of business for me was hard it was really really hard and you know I slapped on a lot of a lot of personal debt like trying to get through that first year I didn't know what I wanted to do I thought oh I'll build websites for people I can do that or I'll do cons- a bit of consulting I mean I literally did anything right so <laughs> I made a video for someone I went and filmed it and edited for her I did people's social media if they wanted me to I literally was like if there's anything digital that needs doing I will I'll do it you guys I'll do it and I didn't charge enough and I wasn't working with people I I liked very much either and one particular client like never let me finish their website you know and it was like really frustrating to work on a project that never went live there I was chasing money from people you know I ended up getting a, a consultant gig for six weeks at an agency in Brighton and it was really interesting because I got to go back into the agency world just for like a short period you know because there were times after I'd quit you know in the sort of following six months where I was thinking maybe maybe I'll go back maybe I'll go back I'll find another job and you know I did I did have an interview with a really big agency in in London I I don't know it's just I didn't know what I wanted to do I I forgot my reboot I forgot my mission for a little bit you know and I went to do this consultancy and it was very pleasant and they were all amazing and very lovely and I got to do my job but I left it thinking oh I'm glad I'm not going back there I'm glad I'm not going to work in an agency environment anymore because just sort of not for me you know because at that level right it's like they spend loads of money clients we used to build websites for them and not think about the money you know and it wasn't ever our money it was some big corporations cash you know whereas when you work with small businesses it's their money right and if you screw it up you're screwing up the chance for them to get on and earn the crust in their business and it means a lot that's what I want to help out with and I was really lucky like to be able to figure out what I wanted to do by the end of that that kind of first year uh, after I'd quit like I quit in the um I left in the May and by December I was like I'm gonna do a course I'm gonna teach people how to build their own website and how to drive traffic to it and I knew that because the conversations I've been having with people over the summer bless them my small business contacts I go out and network with them and connect with them I can build your website for you and they'd be like great how much I'd be like well you know two grand and their faces would go white like small business owners are like two two grand two grand like then they weren't even making five a year do you know what I mean and these were the people I feel blessed slash cursed to work with right because how do you help people who are just starting out you know putting all of that information into an aff- something affordable like a course I felt was like the best way of helping people because you know they could choose whether they wanted to afford it or not and quite often I found as well the secret that no one ever told me until I started going out and exploring this new world was that these people wanted to learn how to build their own website like you did right I mean you like you want to know how to do it yourself you know you want like a modicum of control since that decision in that in that stock cupboard haven't looked back it's just been an amazing like it's nearly three and a half years have passed now it's just flown by and I'm at a point now in my business where I I can't quite remember how painful it was which is really great I, I thought at the time this hurts you know going out on my own not making any money I turned over like 20 grand in my first year I think I paid that in tax in my corporate job once in the year do you know what I mean it was like really humbling 
to use my business smarts and just really focus properly on the people I wanted to help and niche. And as soon as I did that, as soon as people realized, oh, like, so you've got all this corporate agency experience. Oh, you specifically help people build websites, WordPress websites. You specifically help people with this. Like my audience started to grow. You know, I, th- I think about my reboot moment a lot. So this is why I was like, I want to talk to you about it. But it's like the most I've rabbited about myself online, like forever. <laughs> oh, so really, really interesting. Because I've seen that journey, really. I've seen two years worth of that journey. You know, how you've continually evolved and that juggling as well, juggling of the kids. I know that we've had calls and things like that. And we know what that how difficult it is sometimes to to juggle it all because that's similar sort of mentality that I had in the yeah we're women yes we can do it we can have it all you can have family you can have the career you can have this you can have that might break you but you can have it all why do you think we think that oh god because we've been conditioned you know I think there's an element of toxic positivity when it comes to feminism you know like we spent all of these years in the kind of like the feminist arena saying you know career first career first you can have everything that men have but like what men have or what men have had in the corporate world for those years is the women looking after the kids or the or the nanny or whatever right so I, I think we forget that like we can have anything the guys have but they've had support for really long time that's how come they've done so well right so it's a total myth a hundred percent myth that you can have this really enriched amazing life with your kids you can drop them off at the school gates and you know be like a a ceo you have to make a compromise you you can't do both things because you're not going to give the attention to one or the other and also as well i think from our generation in particular We've been pushed like quite hard to try and achieve the same as men, which has not been a yeah. bad thing. I feel like it's it's good that we've been told you can get there. However, it's a little bit like the hustle culture from recent years really is what we should have been asking all those years is, well, do we want it? Do we actually like want to push ourselves that hard? Because there is something to say for having a, a slightly quieter life, a slightly more considered life. One where you enjoy, you know, simple things. The kind of pathway that I've decided to go down is like, you know, a simple life that isn't full of too many people. It's not complicated. There's no drama in my life. The friends I have are very pleasant people. You know, there's, again, no dramas. I'm very lucky to have that. I feel like I've spent many years cultivating it. Uh, it's all about my kids and and what they want to do, you know. And cho- choosing that pathway is just possibly against the grain of you know what we've what we've been told as female business owners you've got to push it you've got to lean in Cheryl said didn't she you've got to lean in you've got to sit at the table I can tell you I've sat at the table I've lent in and it's still rubbish <laughs> so <laughs> you know like you there's there's got to be a compromise if you are a single man great lean in do all of those things you're going to have a great time but for me I I had children because I wanted to raise children I think and that's like a a really big defining part of my life and you were just sort of talking about like when we're on calls and whatnot and (laughs) our kids just wander in the room we're like all right you know and I was doing zoom calls way before it was trendy in the pandemic right and I I had 
small children around me because we could only afford to put them in nurseries so much and you know the baby would be in her like baby seat rocking in the room and like, my daughter would be napping usually when I go live or doing a zoom call like my oldest but she'd wake up and just wander in and wave on the camera and stuff and in the beginning I was a bit like oh what will people think you know because in the past I'd hide my children from my corporate life <laughs> Oh, no, no, I'm not a mother. I am a, you know, I'm a board member. I'm not a, I'm yeah. not a mother. But now, like, I just like, no, this is, remember the reboot moment. This is not what you wanted. So I have actively involved my children in my life. My office door is always open so they can wander in and out. They join me on lives and Zoom calls. They wave. Everyone on my membership knows who they are. Oh, all right. All right. How you doing? You know, give them a wave. Hi, Scala. Hi, Amy. Yeah. And, you know, they they know what I do. They know that, like, I teach people how to build websites. I teach people how to drive traffic. They talk about it themselves. They're like, mommy, I want to build a website. <laughs> so we've created my eldest a blog where she posts her favorite owl and husky pictures. <laughs> and, you know, but it's a way of like sharing what, what I do. And, and then the littlest has a toy computer and she sits in saying, I'm making websites like mommy. I mean, it's just lovely. Like I'd like be like, well, you, there's better careers you can have, you know, <laughs> in, in hindsight, in hindsight. And it's the same with my husband as well. Like he, he's in a workshop. They go to the workshop. They're aware of what he does. So we've really fused together like home life and working life. And that we've made that normal. I've I've also made it normal to say to my clients, I can't do that. I'm you know, I can't do that time. Uh, you know, I switch off when I need to to be around the kids because you know, this is this is the reason why I do it. So, do you think that you would have felt the same had your baby not been in hospital? Eventually, yeah. I think eventually. I think I'd been in denial for a really long time that I wanted to set up on my own. I just always had seen men in the business world around me burn out not see their families get divorced I didn't really have any female business owning role models around me as is usual as is the way of my whole life I've never had enough female you know role models around me you know with the exception say of like my mum but she's she's always been a at home business person works on her own you know she works as a, as a seamstress for many years but in terms of the corporate world I didn't really have that not really and so I think because of that it definitely put me off I was just like why on earth would I put myself through all of this stress to get to five, five seconds within a heart attack kind of thing so I wasn't really interested but I think getting older having kids changing lifestyle for sure I'm realizing that there's people out there that I wanted to help. It it will kind of change things. So I think I would have got to it there eventually. Yeah. Mm, Exciting. So you mentioned about switching off. How do you switch off so you can switch on and perform at your best? I just want to like caveat this by saying I this is something I work on every single day still because I am an addict, right? I am a workaholic. I am addicted to just sitting here and just doing nonstop work until my eyes close and then I get up and do it again and and then you know I realized after a while after doing that sort of pattern that is probably not a good idea and I need to recharge and I'm not as young and bouncy as I was it once was I tell you what though doing it while you've got two little kids is perfect because you're knackered anyway right so it just doesn't matter and as soon as they start going to bed and sleeping through and not waking up in the middle of the night and things like that you know it, it felt like I got definitely like a quality of of life back 
um <laughs> if you know what I mean but um yeah. uh, but I but I adopted a couple of strategies a couple of years ago which really helped I, I was really hyper aware right that because I'm, my business is mostly run through Facebook right that's where my community is that's where I do most of my networking I also run Facebook ads and kind of do that as a sort of business as well and I would just be checking that nonstop, nonstop. I had all the notifications on, you know, I just, I just didn't know. I was a slave definitely to my phone. I adopted something which I did in the agency after that first, I'm doing the bunny ears here burnout. I am, um, I realized that every time there was a voicemail on my phone, this is from years ago from a client or my MD, I'd get triggered because I learned about CBT, right? And I was like, oh, this is triggering me because I felt like I was going to get in trouble for something. And my hands would shake as I'd like, you know, dial into the, the voicemail. And I couldn't handle it anymore. So I just switched voicemail off. And occasionally, like, clients would be like, couldn't get a hold of you today. And I'm like, oh, yeah, my voicemail's not working. Just text me. And it's amazing, right? Because as soon as you get text, you can screen that call and decide, I will get back to you when I am mentally ready, right? So I just did that with my socials, basically. I switched all notifications off. The only notification that pops up is text message, but no one text messages me apart from my husband. So, like, you know, there's a nice sort of um, line of comms there. And I don't follow anyone on Facebook. So I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you think that we're Facebook friends, but (laughs) every single person is unfollowed. The only thing that shows in my feed are the group stuff and any sort of business stuff that I'm part of. So it just means like I I just don't do the compare and contrast. I spend time monthly going, oh, I'm going to go and see how so-and-so is doing. And I will go and comment and check in on people. But it just means that the feed doesn't interrupt me. I get to choose when I do that. And because of this, and this sounds like you, like I'm an idiot that I need this, right? But I need I need these boundaries in place, Emma, right? So I have on my computer a timer app in my browser. So once I've done half an hour on Twitter, it will shut me down. It won't let me go on Reddit. <laughs> It won't let me go on Reddit. It won't let me go on the Guardian website anymore because I, you know, I just like start procrastinating and absorbing news. And Twitter's really like I love it, but it's also like a bad place to find out about the human psyche. So it's just like I'll choose when I check in on that, and not yeah. the other way around. Yeah. I also have all of the key apps hidden on my phone as well. And then when I need to have like proper kind of guidance, like I have the app limiters switched on, so I only do like half an hour of Instagram a day. These these things, right? Plus, like scheduling my time in a calendar for like all tasks, so time blocking, means that I don't pick my phone up at night and go, oh, I just. Uh, just go and have a a little scrolly scroll through Facebook and check how people are doing or whatever. And like, you know, let my brain get filled up with stuff that isn't, you know, like good for me, basically, you know, comparisonitis and all, you know, hearing about bad news and all of that type of thing. I get to choose when I go into that world. And as much as I love tech, I think I know about it and the way that these tools have been structured a bit too much so it was really important for me to pull away from the addictive nature of how they work so I can control how I use it and it doesn't control me and that just makes me sleep so much better at night (laughs) like just just not being a slave to notifications so your mind is a temple 
it's just you're, it's, you're just protecting you're protecting and feeding your mind with the things that you want to feed it with and that's uh, funnily enough a module in the human reboot <laughs> very good like 100 like I do respect my mental health enough and I feel like which is why I mentioned it at the start of this like going having like cognitive behavior therapy like really helped me understand that and I'm able to be aware of what triggers me and what might bring on anxiety and what might bring on certain emotions and I sort of apply that to to kind of everyday life yeah very practical we we look at triggers as well and how you kind of manage those minimize manage or eliminate eliminate <laughs> bin them bin them all conversation it's like oh uh, such and such bodies are trim- <laughs> triggering me oh eliminate bin, bin it. <laughs> no 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 we can't do that <laughs> But anyway, yeah, just the final question, really. What would you say is your flourishing formula for living? So if you're going to give people a tip on how best to live their life, what would you say? Oh, God, like, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Don't complicate things. I feel like as soon as I started to pack my diary out and felt compelled to have to keep in touch with more than like the handful of people I know, life got complicated and boring protect your time your time is the only thing that you've got control over whether you give away or not and you've only got so many hours right before you you kind of head up to the the kind of big stopwatch in the sky right so definitely like a a kind of a rule of thumb for me in terms of how I live every day is I I look at my time and think this is how I genuinely want to spend my time if this was a hundred pounds would I do this hour would I just give it away like this and where possible, I only only spend my time doing things that I love, working on my business with my family. I love reading. I love really bad TV, action movies, which really <laughs> annoys my husband because he does not like guns and violence and hanging out with my cat. You know, a simple life is definitely like one I can heartily recommend. You can when you slow down you can just appreciate it so much more and I'm sure like that's mindfulness right Emma and I didn't realize it until I started doing it that you can't appreciate it when you're just doing too much and my business moves at breakneck speed anyway and that's okay to do but in my personal life I I slow down immensely so I can enjoy it good that's great so any books or podcasts or anything that you would like to recommend to our listeners that you feel have helped you along your journey oh yeah sure so um like without a doubt Denise Duffield Thomas the Chillpreneur was a book that definitely changed my mindset about the things I do in my business and she's just brilliant at that and then Paul Jarvis, Company of One, is an excellent book as well. Um, Even though I'm not a company of one now, what it does is it teaches us that being, you know, one person in a business and just doing enough to have a nice life and a living is enough. And I feel like that's a a kind of a really good book to read based on um, the things we're talking about. And it just made me okay with life being what others would say is okay, but I think is great. We don't have to strive for like multi-million pound corporations. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would like to grow my businesses, but like just having that feeling sometimes that what you're doing is enough and you look around and you've had the nice holiday, you're hanging out with your kids, you've, you've eaten, you can sleep well at night. 
like that helps and I think that book really sort of helped crystallize that and that's not to say is it that you know it doesn't mean to say that you can't have the same financial equivalent it just sometimes takes a bit longer to get there Mm -hmm. with your own business to begin with it's about building it and growing it it? yeah definitely and now I'm in business for the process I absolutely love it I'm in it because of my mission I want to help my people for sure um and you know the fact I get to make money from that is just like a privilege and a joy it really is but doing it in a kinder softer calmer way is also definitely like something I can recommend to others yeah absolutely you know I've always believed that if you get your mission right and you believe in it and providing you know the right service to people that the rest will come you know the financial side will come enough to be able to kind of support you and grow and all the rest of it so for me it's very similar you come from a really similar angle for me it's the purpose first it's not about just making a living it's about a whole picture Mm -hmm. so if people want to get in touch with you how are they best to do that just come and find me at heyvickyjakes.com come and hang out with me over there you can also find me on Instagram as well, heyvickyjakes.com. And I don't mind the odd DM if you want to come and chat about websites anytime with me as well. It'd be lovely to hear from anyone. Brilliant. And you have your own podcast as well, don't you? I do. Yeah, it's online marketing basics for busy website owners. And we're kind of coming back with a new series soon where we're going to be talking to business owners about their journey growing their businesses online so I'm really excited to to kind of bring that to the world soon fabulous thank you ever so much I have absolutely loved talking to you today thanks (laughs) thanks for having me it's been brilliant you almost got me to cry but it's okay (laughs) well you nearly did it to me as well you could have pre-warned me about that (laughs) thank you for listening to the human reboot podcast I'm Emma Last And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star podcast review and visit thehumanrebootmovement.com where you can find downloadable free resources, sign up to my mailing list or connect with me on social. So that's thehumanrebootmovement.com. Let's switch off so we can switch on. It's time for your human reboot.